Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Welcome to this special recap edition of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. In just a minute, you're going to hear myself and my wife and business partner, AJ, do a debrief recap and summary of our most recent interview with our big takeaways. But before we dive into that, I just wanted to let you know that people often ask us, What is the first step to building a personal brand? And if that is you or someone you know, then you have come to the right place because we have put together for you a free video short course to help you get started. Just visit firststep.brandbuildersgroup.com to get access. In it, we're going to walk you through what exactly is the genesis of a personal brand and the six key questions that every personal brand must be able to answer, but that almost none ever do. So go ahead and visit again, firststep.brandbuildersgroup.com to get started, and we'll see you there. Now on with the recap. Hey, welcome to the special recap edition of the Influential Personal Brand <laughs> Podcast. This is Rory Vaden, joined by my wife and my beauty and my business partner, AJ Vaden. We're breaking down the Michael Hyatt interview, which is just tremendous. To get a chance to learn from somebody with this depth of experience is absolutely extraordinary. And we talked about a lot of things, author, but the first thing that jumped out to me was when he said that you need to be willing to let go of different revenue streams in order to grow one. And that was somewhat, you know, a little bit maybe surprising to hear from Michael. And I thought that was really key because in our phase one experience, we talk about what we call your PBM, your primary business model. And we help people get clear both in the short term and the long term, what is the number one revenue driver of your business? The one thing which all others should point towards And I don't think most people know about it, and most people certainly don't do that. So it was edifying to me to hear Michael talk about that. Yeah, and you know, we call this our three and three, the top three tips that Roy got and the top three tips that I got. And I think in conjunction with what you said in terms of you have to be willing to let things go, I think the very first thing that I got from Michael is the fact that you should treat every new endeavor like an experiment. Mm. And I love that because as you listen to the interview, which you should, it is chock full of really important industry tips. If you're a speaker, author, podcaster, influencer, whatever. But he's done a lot. A lot. Like he's done live events. He's done coaching. He's done online courses. He's done physical products, speaking. <laughs> yeah. The planners. His, his number one thing is planners now, the physical planners. This is my turn. Sorry. My turn. <laughs> 
I loved what he talked about in terms of his approach because he said, our team looks at this as we might do it, we may not. It may make money, it may not. It may succeed, it may fail, but we're going to treat every single one of these new business models as an experiment to figure out where should we land? What makes the most sense for my brand and what we want to be doing? And I love that because I think so many people go all in and be like, this is what I have to do or this is the only thing. And that's not the case. Sometimes you have to do something to realize it's not your thing. And I think a lot of us have to go through the pains of that because you see what everyone else is doing yeah. and you think you have to do it. And then when it doesn't work, you think it just wasn't meant to be. And the truth is, is your message was meant to be the vehicle to share it. Maybe oh, wasn't meant to be. And I think that's really important. So this whole idea of, of experimentation and experimenting was really powerful of don't get so attached to just this thing. And if that doesn't work, it doesn't mean your brand isn't going to work. It just means that wasn't that one tiny part of it. And so now on to the next thing. I love that. Could be the right message, the wrong vehicle, which was really great. So another thing that he talked about, you know, you hear content is king, content is king. Mm, we definitely this. agree with that. I mean, you have to be putting out valuable content, but he said content is king, but platform is queen. And, and you have to have both to rule the kingdom. Yes. And you have to have reach, right? In the reputation formula, we say that reputation, it results times reach equals reputation. Well, reach is the platform. And that word platform, I remember the first time we were trying to get our very first book deal and the literary agent said, we could never work with you. You don't have a big enough platform. I didn't even understand what the term meant, but just think about it as your direct access. What is the vehicle that you have that directly accesses your audience? And how many people can you directly get a message to that you are in control of getting a message to? That is your platform. And there's a lot of different avenues for platform, but you have to have a platform. It's got to be as big as possible and it needs to be growing, 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 growing. And you need to focus on your reach as much as you're focusing on your content. That was a pro tip for sure. Yeah, I love that. And I loved how he said it's not one or the other, it's both. And they rule together. Like you have to have content and you have to have platform, which is such a good segue into my second point. It's almost like we planned this or actually talked about what we were <laughs> going to say, which we did not. But so what my next one was, is he talked a lot about the publishing industry, which from someone who was a CEO of a very successful publishing Huge company. publisher. And then as an author... It's really fascinating to get the internal and the external perspective from the same person who's done both roles. And he talked a lot about, he gets asked all the time, should you traditionally publish? Should you self-publish? Now you have all these hybrid models. What's the best way? And he talked about the traditional publishing path, the self-publishing path, and they've kind of gone back and forth. What's the best? What's the best? And they've really settled on, which is a lot of what we talk about, Depends on what you want to do it for. <laughs> yeah. Right? And uh, he still says, if you still are trying to hit the list, the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, but if you're trying to hit the list, a traditional commercial publisher is still probably the best way, the way to, to go. go. And yeah. here's what I loved about what he said that most people don't talk about when it comes to self-publishing. It's a lot of work. Tons. And it's expensive. Especially if it's not going to look like chintzy. Like yeah. if you're going to do it right, it takes a lot of work. So I think one of the questions that we usually don't, 
you know, propose to people, but I'm going to start is, yeah, it totally depends on what you want to do it for. Is it to make money? Because usually when people say that, I'm like, well, I don't know. Is it for notoriety and credibility or do you actually just need to get your ideas out there and make money? And usually that really, I propel that into commercial traditional or self-published. But now I'm going to add in another question, which is, do you have a lot of money to spend on it? Yeah. Because if you don't, self-publishing probably isn't the way to go. Or if that's still what you want to do, you need to start saving those dollar bills. Mm -hmm. Because he said, but when you think about it, from the time it's going to take you to write it, then you need to get an editor. Then you actually have to have graphics design. Then you actually have to have it printed. And then you have to have inventory. Then you have to have distribution. It's like, Writing oh, the book is like 25% of the whole that's project. That's a lot of money. And if you're not a great writer and you actually need a ghost writer, yeah, then, then you've got content editors, copy editors, and you have graphics people, then you've got the print and the layout and the inventory. And it's like, yeah, those are things that most traditional publishing people who are thinking uh, like, oh, I don't want to go with a traditional publisher. They're going to take all my money. They don't realize, well, so does self-publishing. It still <laughs> takes all your money. It's just, are they going to take it in the beginning or over time? Yeah. And I think that's just a really interesting perspective and view that is completely separate of why do you want to do it? It's the actual money behind it. It's do you have the upfront investment to make it worthwhile or do you want to forego that upfront investment and then just make less long-term? Yeah. But it was really, really insightful from an insider. Love that. Yeah. You can make money doing both models, but both models are also going to cost you money. So yeah. it's just about like, what do you need? Where and, are you going to give it up? And over time, as this question has come up, I have thought more and more, it's like when you traditionally publish, it's like the rule of thumb I use is when you feel confident, you can sell 20,000 units. Mm -hmm. Like when you can move 20,000 units of your book, that's when it's like, you can go to New York, get a great agent, get a great book deal. And what do you need to do that? You need platform. You need yeah. a big reach, which is what we were talking about. How do you build a great platform? That leads to my third point, which is just creating amazing content that serves mm -hmm. your audience. And I wouldn't say that this was an original idea from Michael Hyatt. It's not original when you hear it from us. It's not original when Jay Bear talks about it. But it's important that you hear how consistent every best-selling author and every huge personal brand talks about this. And what Michael said, which was super practical, ask yourself every day, what does my audience need to learn? What does my audience need help with? And then answer that question for them and do it over and over and over and over. That is the content strategy. Like there's nothing more than that. You just have to do it consistently and as loudly in as many places as you can for as target of a niche as possible. And then hopefully it's aligned with what your primary business model is. But how can I serve my audience? Yeah. How can I serve my audience? How can I serve my audience all day, every day? All right, brand builder, that's what you should be thinking about. <laughs> all right. And that leads to my third point, which actually has nothing to do with that. So completely separate of that. But this was such a good reminder to me about perseverance and persistence. And the reason it was such an aha isn't just because he was a first time author, but this was the CEO of a publishing house. Yeah, after he was the CEO. After, again, my turn. Hey, sorry, <laughs> team, <My> marriage. <laughs> marriage is a team, babe. Um, but yeah, so it's, and this is so fascinating, and I'm not going to get the numbers exactly right, so I may be lowballing, I may be totally exaggerating, but it was something like when his first book, he was launching it, 
he got turned down like 24 times, mm-hmm. like 24, 27 times. Y'all, this is somebody who had been turning down people for Three. decades. <laughs> like that was like what he did was nope, nope, nope. He knew all of the other publishing houses. They all knew who he was. And he got turned down like 20 something times for his first book. Then it went on to be a raging success because his literary agent didn't let him give up. They kept going. They finally got someone to agree that it was a good idea. And then it turned into a best-selling book with hundreds of thousands of copies sold. Now, that was interesting and inspiring enough. But then four books later, after he was already a New York Times best-selling book, after he already had a huge platform, after he had already done all of these amazing things and written three previous books, same thing, got turned down like 27 times. And it was like this last ditch effort to get this one book deal. And then it sold 200,000 copies. Boom. Just because some one weenie didn't like your idea doesn't mean it's not a good idea. Just because one person said no one's going to buy it doesn't mean they're right. Just because one person said you don't have a big enough platform or that message isn't exactly what people want to hear today or that book won't sell or whatever nonsense people are saying, that means nothing. If you are convicted in your message, then you need to stay the path. Do not veer from the path because no one's going to believe in it more than you do. So you've got to be the one to stand up and say, no, this is going to happen. And now I just have to find the person to go on that journey with me. And it may take 20, 22, 25, 27, 29 times. But the point is somewhere amongst between 20 and 30, there's a winner. You just got to find the right person who believes in your message as much as you do. And that always doesn't happen right off the bat. But it's your job to persevere and to keep going. It's just don't get off the path. And I think that's where most people fail is they give up too soon. They let one person dictate the validity of the power of their message. And that's not up to them. That's up to you. Yep. Many personal brands die on that road of patience and perseverance. It's just follow through. Absolutely love it. So there you have, that's our three and three recap from the Michael Hyatt interview. Go listen to it. It's Uh, really good. It's really phenomenal. Uh, Leave us a review, share this with your friends, and we'll catch you next time on the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Thanks, everybody. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free 30-day access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we'll get you set up with free access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, just please share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. 